It's that time of year. Opening round just days away. We are your SMX insiders, Jason Wygant and Daniel Blair. There is no time like this. Hashtag deep field, stacked, deepest ever. It's so awesome to have this atmosphere as we roll to Monster Energy Supercross round one, Anaheim. Nerves are building, Jason. I think it's the X-Racer in me, but when you get to that Anaheim one week, I start getting uh, a little nauseous in my stomach and it's already kicked in. I can only imagine what the riders are feeling right now because I'm definitely feeling it. And look, every year we say the field is so deep, but we're actually going to quantify that. We'll give you an actual list of just the factory riders, and we have 13 of them, 13. So they can't all even finish in the top 10. Let's read off the names on this list. It's unscientific. Jason Anderson, Chase Sexton, Eli Tomac, Cooper Webb, Ken Roxon, Marvin Muscan, Dylan Ferrandis, Aaron Plessinger, Justin Barsha, Malcolm Stewart, Christian Craig, Colt Nichols, Adam Cerullo, 13 riders, Daniel. They can't all finish on the podium, that's for sure. You know what they all have in common? Champions. All former champions. And when you are a champion in the sport, you have an expectation to do very well, especially the opening round, make a good impression for your team, uh, the fans, and your competition too. But ultimately, it doesn't matter what you feel. What matters is how you ride on that night. And, I mean, go back to last year. Very predictable on paper. Ken Rocks and Cooper Webb won two, but both of them were even shocked by their own performance. Both had ended up having two of the worst seasons of their careers. So again, Anaheim won is an absolute mess. 13 former champions all think they can do it, but only one's going to win it. Uh, it's so exciting. So let's bring the hype up even more. It's time for our big interview. Let's welcome in NBC Sports Lee Diffie. He'll be making the call this weekend from Anaheim in the booth and talk Anaheim one. Okay, welcome to the show, Lee. Awesome to have you on SMX Insider. Look, you've announced some of the biggest sporting events in the world, literally. But just talk about what that atmosphere is like at sold-out Angel Stadium, Anaheim One Supercross every year. Well, I think Jason, for any sport, we you know, as sports fans, uh, we get excited about the start of any new season. It could be the NFL season, it could be Major League Baseball, but you know, in the motorsports sphere, um, there's nothing quite like a one, and you know, that just the the anticipation of looking forward to something. So it's the human nature, right? We always want to look forward to something. So we've got through the holidays. We were looking forward to Thanksgiving and Christmas or Hanukkah and New Year's. Well, now we've got A1 to look forward to. And and then when it finally comes, there's almost a surreal feeling about it. And then, you know, because the, the Angel Stadium is packed, everybody, we all share that same enthusiasm for the gate to drop and to to get the season going, but especially this season, with it being the inaugural round of the Super Motocross World Championships. So I can't wait. I mean, I I think that, um, you know, a lot of those atmospheric terms are are overused. So I'm kind of uh, grappling to grab something right now that's appropriate, but it's just, it's so special. It's just a, um, you know, across the sporting sphere, it's truly special to be there, to be a part of it and just to witness it. Lee, as you come into it, championship there's so many storylines every rider has his own but for you individually what's the big story that's intriguing you that you want to see play out in 2023 well I think if you start in the 450 class I want to see where Eli Tomac's at because he seems to be you know how, how could he go any higher how could he be in any more special a spot considering what he achieved last year switching teams switching manufacturers and doing what he did by by winning the double winning you know the Supercross the Monster Energy Supercross season and and the pro motocross season. So it can't get any better. So he's kind of racing against himself. What does that look like? What does the Cooper uh, Webb redemption season look like? Um, and then in 250s, and, and I'll, I'll start with the West because 
Uh, Jet Lawrence is, is such a, um, a humble young man. He knows that there's nobody else out there that can beat him, so he can only beat himself, right? So where does he set that bar? What, what does that look like for him in certainly the first 17 races of this Super Motocross World Championship, specifically for Supercross, um, to back up his title wins last year? What does it look like? Does he try and go for that you know, elusive, perfect season? So I think there's, you know, we're spoiled. Wherever you look, there's amazing storylines. So they're, they're a couple for me. When you look at a championship in a whole, there's chapters, right? And, and the first big chapter is the California races in the month of January. And then we move east and things start to shift a little bit. Is there any riders that you think in the month of January need to really make an impression outside of, of course, Cooper Webb and Eli Tomac, but another rider that needs a strong January just to get things on the right track in 2023? Uh, yeah, for sure. Chase Sexton. I think consistency is going to be a word that's not only appropriate for him, but it's appropriate for everybody. I'm really intrigued as to what the riders, the racers' mindsets are going to be because, you know, they're all used to starting at A1, the, the, the traditional and typical starting point. Um, but what, what is their mindset going into now this new phase of the sport? Do you just think about getting through the Monster Energy Supercross season or are you season-long mindset? And are you thinking about those three playoff rounds at the end, you know, to be, to have a chance of being an inaugural Super Motocross World Champion? Half a million dollars on the line for the 250 winner, a million dollars on the line for the 450 winner. So what's your mindset? And to your point, Daniel, is it your mindset of just getting through January and having a real solid foundation to build on? For season long, are you going to compartmentalize this season? I think there are a lot of topics uh, that we're going to talk about for a long time, for over 10 months. And one of the riders, Lee, that always starts the season strong is Ken Roxon. The long game has traditionally been his problem in trying to bring the Monster Energy Supercross Championship home. But there has been so much talk of a bit of a redemption story of his own, getting back on his old brand. So what do you think about Ken Roxon in this reuniting with Suzuki, the bike they used to win a lot of races on? Look, Jason, you guys have discussed this over the, over the past few weeks on this show in that um, Ken Roxon has been one of the most interesting off-season stories. And maybe, just maybe, this new, relaxed, seemingly lack of pressure or less pressure on him is going to yield the result that we have all wanted to see, you know, in the Monster Energy Supercross 450 Championship and then maybe in this, you know, 10-month-long inaugural season of Super Motocross. So maybe because... He's not a factory Honda rider anymore. Maybe, maybe because I think maybe less people are asking that question about the, the elusive championship in Supercross anyway. Um, maybe that's going to put him in a more relaxed frame of mind and carry his off-season fun, because he seems to have had a lot of fun, and carry that through into the racing season. Are any of us going to be surprised if he wins in A1? No. Might be a surprise on that bike. But no, we won't be surprised. But what does the whole season look like for him? And, you know, I think, I think this format could suit him really, really well. You don't have to win every race. You don't have to win every week. You just got to be there for those last three playoff rounds where, you know, the points, as we've spoken about, single points, double points, triple points, just be there. And, and that might work out really well for Roxon. Yeah, if Ken Roxon is healthy and ready come the fall, Betting against him in a three-round world championship uh, might be foolish. All right, Lee, we're excited. Anaheim 1's coming up. We'll see you Saturday night. Thanks for joining us on SMX Insider. Let's go. Thanks, guys. Can't wait. All 31 Super Motocross World Championship events can be streamed domestically. That's here in the U.S. on Peacock. 
to subscribe, go to PeacockTV.com slash sports slash Supermotocross. And for the fans of Supermotocross, they'll have a chance to watch it all year long on Peacock, NBC, and USA Network. And for the international fans, you can join in the fun by getting the Supermotocross video pass. Go to Supermotocross.tv to purchase access to every moment of the 2023 Supercross season, the Pro Motocross season, and of course, Supermotocross live events in one place. Plus, get over 800 plus hours of archived races. Okay, time for our 30-second board segment where we count down hot topics in the sport. It's New Year's. Everyone has their New Year's resolution. So we're going to theme it around that, Daniel. Let's come up with some New Year's wishes and resolutions for riders in this sport. We're just having some fun here. Uh, we're going to start out with Adam Cianciarillo. What comes to mind when you think of what AC would be wishing for in the year 2023? A solid season, 31 rounds complete. I mean, I think that's what he has to be wishing for this season. He's had a couple bad years uh, with the injuries. He hasn't been able to fully be himself. And I'm, I'm right there with him. And, and we've, we've heard the rumors, but they're just rumors. So I'm hoping that those rumors are not as accurate as we've heard. He comes into this season strong enough to put down 31 races. I know that's what he wants, and that's what I want for him as well. Uh, those pesky YouTube insiders saying that he's not 100% coming into the season. I hope he proves those guys wrong, whoever they might be. Uh, I'll agree with you. Yes, I think for seeing Trulo, the goal is just make it to the races and then figure out the results later. Uh, Dylan Ferrandis, what do you think when you hear about him? I, I mean, I'll tell you right now, I am very high on him for some reason. I don't know why. He had a he had a terrible Supercross season. He had a, a and he didn't get to defend his outdoor title, which was just unfortunate for him. But I'm super high on Dylan, and I think he is too. So I would say a New Year's wish for Dylan, same as Adam, do the 31 rounds, but get back to championship form outdoors and get that win indoors. Don't forget, he's a two-time 250 Supercross champion, and he has yet to win a 450 Supercross main. So I'm guaranteeing you, guaranteed, his wishes are win a 450 Supercross and get that title back uh, this summer. That's his wishes. Yeah, if I were him, I'd just be wishing for better starts. Uh, it really has held him back in his first two 450 Supercross seasons. He's got more time to work outdoors, and he's made that work, but he needs to start up front. Let's see what he can actually do, and he's got that all-new bike that I know he likes a lot better with the Yamaha. Uh, let's move to Cooper Webb. What would be his wish in your mind? Champion. That's it. I, there's there's nothing short of being a champion uh, that that would be okay for him and for his team and for all of his fans. He's, I mean, Cooper Webb has won this championship twice. So I don't think having an okay season is something that he'd be happy with. He needs to win this title. He's done it twice. He can do it again. Um, that's his wishes. And I think for everybody in the field, they should be a little bit concerned about what they're going to get out of Cooper Webb this year. Because I watched the preview show yesterday, Jason. And I, I don't know, it, for some reason, it gave me faith again that Cooper Webb can win this title. If he's fast in the whoops, if he's comfortable on the bike, he can do it. But nothing short of a championship is okay for Cooper Webb. Hey, the sport's always better to have a Cooper Webb in there kind of stirring it up, playing the mind games. He likes to play that villain role a little bit against the other riders. You like to have that dynamic. So hopefully we get it back because we didn't really see it much last year. Uh, next on our list, Malcolm Stewart. What's his wish? First Supercross win. That's it. Just like Webb, there's nothing short of a championship. For Malcolm, the next stage in his career is to win a main event. That's his New Year's wish. It's my New Year's wish as well. I think the entire fan base, the entire industry is on board. But Jason, there is nothing that could be better for Malcolm Stewart, not only for him and his family and his brother. And, and I, I just think that the whole thing becomes complete if Malcolm gets that one win. And then who knows, maybe he's off to the races. 
you imagine if he wins that home one? How hyped everyone would be for the next seven days? Be awesome. Uh, let's go to Ken Roxon, probably the most talked about rider this offseason. What's running through his mind? Um, well, if we're going on the theme of the New Year's wish, I think he already got it. I mean, he went through a, an interesting offseason. There was a, a lot of dynamics at play, but at the end of the day, he found a home. He's comfortable. He said that multiple times. And he's coming into a race where he's been maybe the most successful of anyone in this field, period. So I think he already got his New Year wish. There's some stability for him in 2023. But on the racetrack, I think a solid season chasing the championship would be would be really good for him. I think everyone would agree with that. And ultimately, to win the title. I mean, I, I still think it would be one of the greatest stories in sports, period, if Ken Roxon can come back from the injuries that he had and be a champion indoors. Not just outdoors. He's done that before. But to win the Supercross Championship, I think it would complete one of the most incredible sports stories, period. Oh, yeah, if he did it on the Suzuki especially, that would be unbelievable. Uh, next rider on the list is Jet Lawrence, but it's more selfishly our wish than his. I think, Daniel, everyone's wishing, come on, just try a 450 in one of these Supercrosses. We want to see it. Well, Lars, like I think a couple weeks ago, like deflated me a little bit. But I, I, look, I'm going to say this. I still think there's a chance he does race the 450. Instead of coming out and confirming it early in the year, yep, we're going to do it, and then maybe backtracking, it's probably safer to say, no, 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 we're shelving that, we're not going to do that, and then let them roll in. So I'm going to, I'm still staring at the Daytona date, and whether they say they're not doing it, whatever, I still think it's going to happen, and everyone will get their wish, and we'll see Jet Lawrence on a 450 this year in Supercross. I like that Daytona angle, right? Because we know he's going to be on a 450 for the outdoor season. So why not have the track that's a little more outdoor than a typical Supercross? Get your legs underneath you on the big bike. That would whew, that would be exciting. But nothing's more exciting than what we got going right now. We're going to Anaheim. We'll try to give you our briefest possible preview. Uh, we'll talk uh, 250 class first. We pretty much now know what coast everyone's racing. Jet is on the west. And I think we've got it nailed down with everyone else. So, uh Austin Forkner, Cameron McAdoo, for example, they already declared pro circuit. This should be interesting. Yeah, we don't usually know coming in like four days before the race who's racing. And I, I hate that part of this. Every year we're always wondering, then press day rolls out. And we're like, oh, he's racing. But for the first time and maybe forever, we know who all the favorites are coming into the 250 championship. And it's going to be great to see Jet Lawrence chase his fourth great championship on a 250 with a bunch of riders that have a point to prove. And obviously, as we've said before in episodes earlier, don't seem to be afraid of him. They're squared up. They're ready for Anaheim 1. And they're going after the three-time now, three-time defending champ in this sport. Yeah, you made the point. Fortner, McAdoo, RJ Hampshire all got wins against Jet at some point last year. And they're all slated to race west against him. They are not intimidated. It should be fun. And hopefully not just the Jet show, but a dynamic field. And in the 450 class, we said it at the top of the show, there are 13 factory riders that all expect to do well. And here's the craziest part, Daniel. You look back at Anaheim 1 history. Eli Tomax never won round one. Ricky Carmichael never won round one. Ryan Dungey never won round one. Cooper Webb has never won round one. There's always something weird and unexpected about the opener, and it doesn't always predict the season. It's it's you, that there's that old saying, right? Like you can't win the championship at round one, but you could lose it. it. It's almost becoming a guarantee that if you win round one, you won't win the championship. So if these guys start figuring out that that's a reality, watch the leader just like in the last corner, let someone buy here. I'll give up the three points, but I'm not falling into this thing where I win round one because I won't win the title. So obviously I'm just being playful with that. But yeah, round one is so much fun. Um, 
we, we feel like we learn a little bit, but we don't learn everything until we get through the month of January. And that's what makes it so special. It's just throw mud at the wall, see what sticks. And that's why A1 is the best. Yeah. And I want to ask you one thing. You mentioned that racers mentality that you have, even at the top of the show, you're getting nervous. Is that why, is that why round one ends up being so different than the rest of the year because of the nerves? Cause it's a different level than any other race. Well, if you look at the riders who have been successful in the past, Ken Roxon's won the opener four times, Barsha won three in a row. There are certain riders that don't feed into that and they come out with a point to prove and they don't care if it's round one. They don't care if the bike's not perfect at the opener. They just go for it. And those guys are always successful. The ones that are thinking big picture that don't want to mess up, they're trying to be a little bit more careful. They're the ones that sometimes struggle at the opening round, but then by the end of January, they're on fire and on the way to their title. So you're right. Tomac, Webb, two guys that are never great at the opener. They've won the last four championships, and the guys that have been the most successful at the opener have not. So I think it is a mentality thing. It's just the way you approach the race. And lucky for us, I think there's six or seven guys right now that don't care about the title, at least on January 7th. They just want to win the race, and those are the guys that will probably be the most successful. That's why I hyped this up because we're all excited for round one, but don't worry. Round two and three are just as exciting because even after round one, we still won't know what we're dealing with. Okay. It's time for Fowler's facts. We bring on our statistical mastermind, Clinton Fowler to give us some of the numbers behind the theories that we already have. And I know what you've been brewing in your lab, some comparisons between 450 riders, and it really shows how unpredictable a season could be. We might think something now. It doesn't mean it's always going to go that way. Isn't that the case? You got Cooper Webb and Jason Anderson this week that I'm comparing. And if you look at the two incredibly different seasons in 2022, especially when you compare them to 2021, Cooper Webb, on the one hand, really had probably his worst season since joining KTM in 2019. On the other hand, Anderson joins Factory Kawasaki and he has a career year, or darn close to a career year. So Cooper Webb, zero wins, four podiums. <clears throat> the least, right? He had four in his least the previous and, and eight podiums. Whereas Anderson, 150 led laps, seven wins, both even more than the championship season he had in 2018. So really different seasons between the two of them. Really wanna underscore it, just look at the wins columns. Zero for Webb, seven for Anderson. Yeah, and that's what makes it so interesting because going into last year, Webb gets second at the opening. You think he's off to the races and ended up being a bad season. And it's funny, Webb, seventh in points last year. Anderson tied for seventh in points the year before that. So, Daniel, it just shows, man, you don't know until you go racing how it's going to turn out. Yeah, if you're trying to figure out who's hot and who's not in this sport, just wait a week and it can switch. And that's the beauty of Supercross. And I, I could see Cooper Webb definitely bouncing back. And Anderson, I think he's going to be on fire. I'll go on record right now. He's actually my pick to win the title. But if things did fall apart, don't be surprised because that's super cross. Um, and while we're on the hot or not topic, Clinton, riders come into a season feeling a certain way. But statistically, there are some riders coming in hot and there are some that are coming in off of a really bad season. That's that's just the facts. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is the case. Um, take a look at Marvin Muskin versus Dylan Ferrandez, right? Two French riders, incredibly talented, definitely coming in off of very different 2021 seasons. Marvin Muskan finished the 2022 season with four podiums. He's one of five riders with a win last year. Think about that. One of five riders with a win last year. On the other hand, you got Dylan Ferrandez. Ferrandez only made 12 of 29 events last year. 
um, had injuries in both Supercross and in Motocross. He did have a podium in San Diego, which is pretty good. You can't you can't knock a podium, but the reality is only 12 of 29 races. That's a pretty difficult season. He's going to be coming in wanting to make a statement early. Well, all these riders will come in feeling like it's a f- complete reset. That's just the way they feel. Again, statistically, that's not the case. How about in the 250 class comparing an Austin Forkner and an RJ Hampshire who are also coming in with completely different numbers into the 23 season? Yeah, very similar scenario with Hampshire and Forkner. Um, both of those guys are veterans of the 250 class. Going to be really interesting to see how they fare. You've got RJ Hampshire. He won his first Supercross uh, main event in St. Louis last year. Um, he also added a fourth pro motocross win. He had five top five uh, finishes in, in pro motocross. Had a great season all around. On the other hand, you got Austin Forkner, a similar scenario to Dylan Ferrandis, who he only had six of 21 races last year. He missed 15 races. He just wasn't there. He had the injuries. You got to give him props for the fact that he had a win in Foxborough. There's nothing, you know, that's a, that's a great outcome for him. But the reality is that's really the only shining light of his 2022 season. So it'll be interesting to see as we enter the season, how does Hampshire fear versus how does Forkner fear on that West Coast going straight up against Jet Lawrence? Jason, you know what the beauty in all this is, is as a racer, if you're coming in hot, statistically backed by Clinton, you feel it. But the riders that are not coming in hot, they still feel okay. They're the ones that get to press the reset button. And that's why every year at the round one of the championship is so wild because in their minds, everybody's starting from scratch, even if the numbers don't match. Well, yeah, you're right, Daniel. I'm going to drill a little deeper beyond just the numbers. Think of the personalities involved. Cooper Webb, Dylan Ferrandis, Austin Forkner. Those are the three riders that are in a down phase right now. Those three don't lack for confidence. They know they can beat anyone on the racetrack any day they line up. So hopefully that ratchets that uh, those guys back up to the front of the field. And even better news, next week, Clinton, we won't be talking about old data. We will have new stats because we're going to have a race under our belt for next week's show. Yep. Can't wait till this Saturday. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see if Ken Roxon can add that fifth win at Anaheim 1 um, and or does one of these guys that's had a bit of a cold, cold season last year step up? It doesn't really matter. It's round one. No matter what happens, it's news. And we'll be here to talk about it. We'll see you next week, Clinton. Thanks, Jason. Okay, we gave you everything we had here on SMX Insider. Lots of bench racing, analysis, predictions, numbers. But it's almost time to stop talking and start doing because it's nearly race day, Daniel. Jason, how about we stop talking and we start smelling? And you know exactly what I'm talking about. When you get to Anaheim for that very first race of the year, that race gas smell that fills the stadium, that's when you really know it's on and Supercross is a, the gate's about to drop when you get that smell. Yeah, there is nothing like being there at Angel Stadium for the Monster Energy Supercross opener in person. Hopefully you do get to make it, but if you don't, we've got you covered to watch at home. We'll give you the full rundown here. Race Day Live is back for qualifying coverage. Daniel Blair and friends, of course, on Peacock. That'll start at 4.30 Eastern and 1.30 Pacific. And then the racing starts at 7 Pacific, 10 Eastern. You can watch live on television on USA. And, of course, all the races also streaming live on Peacock. And a nice bonus at 2 p.m. on Sunday, the big network NBC will have an encore presentation of Anaheim 1 to get some more eyeballs on the athletes for the Super Motocross World Championship. Just about here, Daniel. Get your watch parties ready, everybody. Oh, they're ready. I've talked to friends and family. The DMs are flying in like crazy. 
Get your popcorn ready. Anaheim one is going to be on fire and it's going to be a great 2023 season. Yeah, yeah, literally my buddies here in the Charlotte area, the old JGR staffs having a bonfire party with Peacock streaming. They're already planning out the schematics to be ready for Monster Energy Supercross round one. Can't wait to do it. And I can't believe it. But our next episode of SMX Insider, we'll be talking and reviewing Anaheim one. We'll see you there.